Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the latest Shiny Podcast. This is your host, Stephen Spector. And with me, of course, is Rob Hirschfeld. Good day, Rob. Hello, Stephen. Well, Rob, it's good to be back at podcasting. I know we took a, a few weeks break from all those recordings we did. And so sometimes we take off and and this is the beginning of a whole mash of new podcasts. And I'm really excited. We have a guest here who, and I apologize to Matt, who's with us, as well as the listeners. We recorded with him several months ago, and we just had all sorts of audio problems. And so we have to do it again. So my apologies go out, but I'm really glad he agreed to do it. So Matt Caulfield, who is the co-founder and CEO at a company called Ort, which I really like the name, O-O-R-T. So Matt, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Stephen. Happy to be here again. <laughs> again. So uh, what's good is it was a while ago, so we don't remember what we talked about, so it'll be natural again. Uh, yep. Your website is ort.io, and if you don't mind, tell us a little about yourself, a little bit about the company, and then we'll jump in to talk about uh, some edge stuff with you. Yeah, no, that sounds great. Um, no, I'm happy to be here. I, you know, I'm happy to do this on a, a semi-annual basis going forward. Uh, so myself, uh, my name is Matt Caulfield. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Ort. We are a network security as a service company that happens to have a long lineage in edge computing, or at least our genesis was in edge computing. Uh, so before I worked on ORT, I uh, spent the better part of 10 years uh, working at Cisco Systems, focused on the intersection of distributed systems, networking, edge computing, security, all the good kind of systems level problems. Um, intersected also with with open source and did quite a bit with with Kubernetes towards the latter years uh, there and uh, wound up running an innovation team that focused on edge native uh, cloud computing. And then more recently at Ort, uh, I've been focused on trying to figure out, you know, first of all, what is the killer use case for edge computing? And then second of all, you know, once we discovered or felt like we discovered that security was that use case, trying to figure out the right way to bring that to the market and, and monetize that while leveraging kind of the unique capabilities that edge computing can provide. Wow, that gives us a ton to ton to investigate. Um, and I know that one of the things that I would suggest uh, listeners reference here is that you wrote a nine killer use cases blog post, um, and I will include the the links in the a link in the show notes. Um, we're not going to go through all those things, you know. We, we let people do their own homework, uh, but I definitely, I definitely want to drill through those. The first thing that pops out to me is this idea that doing edge for a long time, you know, so for some people who woke up, you know, at the beginning of the year and 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 realized edge was interesting, mm. uh, <laughs> they're 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 gonna they're gonna say, wait, wait, how how's edge old? Can you can you? Sort of give us some background on, on why you see it as a as a long term uh, situation, not a, a new new thing. Yeah, of course. Uh, and I guess it's all relative. There are some people who have been, you know, say they've been working on edge since the '90s or or earlier. Um, I, I can't claim that kind of extent of lineage, but I, I guess I can tell a little story. So, you know, one day at Cisco, this was about five years ago. I had recently switched from working on video and content delivery networks over into working in the cloud team. And because I was new to that team, um, I had a bit of spare time in my hands. Uh, you're trying to, you know, just people didn't get to know me yet. I was, you know, still ramping up in the group. And uh, every afternoon, I would go sit out by the lake at the Cisco office in Massachusetts, and it was really quiet. And I, I tried to scribble out what I thought was going to be the future of cloud computing, like where where are things going to go, given where we're at. You know, five years ago, AWS has really become the market leader. Um, we know, you know, what's 
driving AWS and its success? Like where, where is that going to go? Where is the internet itself going to go? And between the intersection of cloud computing and AWS being top of mind, and then my video lineage, um, you know, video streaming and things like Netflix and you know, Xfinity platform and those things, trying to think about like or extrapolate you know, what's going to be next. And the evolution of the CDN seemed, it wasn't obvious at the time to me, but that's, that's what it kind of came out to after a few sessions by the lake that, well, what if these CDNs could actually run compute, could run, do general purpose compute? either in the form of little functions like what we call Lambda today, or even in the form of you know, virtual machines. And so that, that was sort of the genesis of, of, of Edge for me. And I know that everybody has kind of come to their, you know, on, down their own path of why Edge is important. But for me, it was, it was that kind of session at the lake where I kind of realized that you know, the Edge can be doing more than just connectivity, shuffling packets around, and can be doing more than just content caching. It can be doing just as much as the cloud can do today. That makes a lot of sense to me. And, and we see this in, in other uh, discussions we've had on the show, right, where we've been talking about gaming a lot more. Steven's been doing a great job uh, finding people who have some gaming stories, um, CDN and caching and, and all this. That it does seem like the people who have the most, um, the richest stories around Edge are ones with the history in some CDN capability. But CDNs never felt very cloud-like to me. Um, I mean, you're, you're describing, yeah, I'm going to run a container. I could see a CDN that would you know, have a, some compute wrapped in a container and maybe event process. Right. That, that seems pretty far from cloud, where, which is what I think of as API-driven infrastructure. Is, is Edge a, a new thing? Is it, how, how is it different than those two poles? Right. Um, so I, I guess the other piece of the story was that one of the problems that we were trying to solve at the time, five years ago, was CDN interconnection, or what's called CDNI in the IETF. Um, we were trying to make CDNs more programmatic and more standardized, um, almost programmatic in the way that, that, that cloud is programmatic today, and kind of realized, like, why are we bothering to standardize on CDN APIs or content APIs around, like, what content should be cached where, when we could be operating at the same layer as, as Amazon is operating today, or OpenStack was operating at that time, which was more about just units of compute. And in that case, you know, the VM or the container being the unit of compute. So, all right, wow. So yeah, VM becomes the unit of compute, then you're, you're delivering things in virtual machines. It's sort of the, when you say that, is that yeah, a fair? That's, that is statement? fair. And that's where we started at the time. It wasn't until later that containers kind of crept into the conversation. Right, but from I mean, and here, and this is my dilemma. And, and your expertise, I think, is you know, I, I can lay this problem at your feet. <laughs> I hope, um, which is, if, if I deliver you a container to the edge, I, there's a whole bunch of adjacencies or NVMs that in cloud are sort of handled right. for me, but are completely missing in the edge. Um, one of them is a secure is a, is a secure network boundary, which I want to talk to from a security perspective. But there's storage, there's, you know, how do I know that that's the right place to put right. that workload? Right. Um, you know, I don't want to spin up a VM in every data center in the edge and just let it idle. It needs to be workload based, um, right? There's, there's layers of all this stuff and that, that are so different than I have 10 cloud regions at most and I'm trying to just manage you know, my infrastructure in a couple of places. 
strikes me operationally as a totally different animal. Yeah, and that was what was so exciting about it is, and it's still exciting about it because it's still an unsolved problem where we have these tools like virtualization and containers and OpenStack and these other things that work well enough in the data center, but don't translate. You can't just lift and shift those platforms into the edge and, and be successful. And so this was like a really rich problem space that we, we, you know, we kind of mm. struck into. And over the next few years after that, while I was still at Cisco, we actually dug into a lot of those problems. Like, how do you figure out placement? How do you avoid running every application in every edge? How do you cache applications? How do you connect them to the network? How do you connect them to the storage? Each one of those questions had to be solved. So, so does, do you and Ort have a sort of positioning statement around that, that problem space? So figuring that out is a prerequisite to writing applications for the edge. And so for us, it, it, it it's probably not the best answer, <laughs> but you know, my answer is essentially we're solving those problems in a way that works for Ort today. And then as we go into the future, we hope we're hoping we can generalize those answers. So for example, we're trying to figure out for Ort, which is focused on network security, what do we need for storage? And for us, you know, it's not a lot. We're, we're pretty ephemeral. All we need is to, to cache those containers. Uh, and then we, when we look at networking, it's very specific about, you know, we need to, we kind of look like a firewall. We kind of look like a network function um, in a security function or in a service function chain. And so for us, we have very prescriptive needs around uh, networking. And so our requirements for the things that surround the container might not map to what another platform might provide that maybe it's just you know trying to do something at the http level so so you might be able to answer one of my favorite questions that i never i'll tee it up because i'm never happy with the answers <laughs> i get um, such so, yeah i say that i'll make the question with a with a, a, a challenge sure. attached but um why is network functions and, and network service chaining so exciting from an edge perspective, right? I mean, at the OpenStack conference, it seems like, you know, you say NFV and, and people act like you're, you're, you've got a, you know, a great tchotchke with, with a beer <laughs> hanging off of it. Um, and, and, and so I, I don't, I, I get that we need to route traffic. I don't understand why that's the, the, the shining beacon problems that we, we need right, to solve right. first? That's a really good question. And when I came, started looking at Edge, it wasn't the first use case. We had a list of probably 12 different use cases. And the most exciting ones were and still are you know, VR and AR and gaming acceleration. And, and, and those are really cool. Um, the business cases for those aren't quite there, at least in my opinion, aren't quite there yet. Um, why, are, why I find NFB exciting uh, First of all, I kind of live and exist at that plane between software and, and hardware, and I really love that intersection. Um, and not everybody, you know, likes to live at that networking and, and security layer. Um, but other than you know, my personal interest, the, why, the reason why I think other people should believe in network functions as the killer use case for Edge is simply because those functions are already there today in appliance forms in a less flexible form in these telco edge environments. And so mm. it's kind of a, a natural progression to go from those appliances today into deploying them onto a more flexible platform. And then if we can justify that flexible platform for doing things that already have a business case, like providing security as a service from the edge, which a lot of telcos already do, um, if we can justify that existence of a flexible platform, then we can onboard other applications that are more interesting, 
like uh, gaming, for example. What you just said makes, I was at a cable, cable industry conference and they were as excited for SD-WAN right. as, right, the, the telcos right. are about NIV. Um, it's got to be more than a, a, than a cheap, a non-appliance way to do, you know, SD-WAN um, to me. There's, there, you know, I, I, know, I know that you've got a, a more compelling use than just I need to set up a VPN between my office and the cloud right. or my office and the offices, right? It's, it's, are we looking at networks differently? Um, I, I think a lot of the fundamentals or where we start is the same. So a basic function that we could provide there is a, a VPN as a service and make it easier to spin up, you know, additional uh, VPNs with different policies. I think that quickly becomes a space where we can get really customized in terms of each user having their own, you know, private private VPN. It's kind of redundant, but having a really uh, granular control over what each user experiences on on the network. So there's. It's not just taking what we can do today and then shifting it, so shifting it over. It, it's really a, a, a change in how granular and how on demand and how flexible we can be with network functions. And so not only can we provide, for example, a VPN, we can also layer in additional security or networking functions in a chain that are specific to that user. And so if you look at um, a good analogy that I like to draw is between uh, all of the service provider video work that went on for a long time. Um, and there was a lot of investment by the service providers and the telcos into streaming infrastructure. I kind of see security as the next wave of that and edge computing as the way to enable it. What you're saying makes me think back to the Simon Crosby uh, podcast we did with Swim AI, where he was sort of saying, look, we've, we've, at, in edge, we've, we're using software to create more models than human humans can, can conceive of. So it sort of sounds to me like what you're saying is, look, to make edge work, we're be, going to be creating network tunnels, network connections, be, you know, between things at a scale that is beyond, you know, the sort of the human imagination for it. Like it's not, hey, my you know, 100 branch offices all need to be connected. It's my camera systems have their own tunnel back to this vendor and, and me and my you know, they have to have their own firewall because they have their own ports that's managed by that vendor. Are we going to get that granular? Yeah, I think with, you know, that's exactly management? right. That's, that's where I see things going is that today all these devices are connected out to the Internet. Some are secure and some are not. If we can use edge computing to put an additional layer on top of that where you're not only getting connectivity, but you're also now getting security and identity built into these devices that are connected, that's a huge win from a, a security perspective and from like an Internet architecture perspective. Right. That's a big deal because that means that, that if you can count on this, on, on network automation in the, in the real sense, the way we're describing it here, when you build edge infrastructures, then you can actually create really significant uh, topologies. And, and it sounds to me, I mean, this is, we've said this on the show before, one of the hard things about edge is there's no, there's no, there's no interior. It's, it's all, right. it's all, un, it's all DMZ. Uh, so you have to have a way to create, you know, reasonable network, you know, both at home in the office and the shared telco space, wherever you are. Is that am I am I being fair about what that assessment is? Yeah, I think I think that's accurate. So I'm gonna like take a huge sideways step um, <laughs> and and ask about Kubernetes. You mentioned it in the in the intro um, a little bit, 
And Kubernetes networking like assumes a degree of isolation and trust and flatness um, that does not line up with what we just described. Um, yes. How do we fix it? <laughs> Simple question. <laughs> yeah. Right, right, right. Um, this is going to be a, a bad answer, but we're working around it. Um, we think that it's you know it's really good for you know routing HTTP traffic, um, especially for management traffic. Uh, but for chaining containerized network functions, it's um, where it is today, at least as far as we can tell, isn't, isn't quite there. So we're we're actually um, sort of out of I guess you could say out of band chaining them together. So in addition to having your your management traffic go through a uh, a CNI plugin, we're 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 adding additional interfaces um, with the, using some of the capabilities that that Intel has put together around SRIOV, for example. So that makes a ton of sense because right one of the challenges with the containerized interfaces is that their networking is is really primitive. It's hard to have multiple interfaces. Right. right. The magic of Kubernetes is that it does the networking for you to an extent. And what you're saying is <laughs> that doesn't cut it for these applications. Yeah, we, we really like Kubernetes from a, a lifecycle management and from being able to manage kind of a cluster of servers running all running containers. Um, but from a networking perspective, it's really meant for microservices and not for uh, not, not for network services. And so we're, we're finding we need to work around that a bit. That's interesting. So, so when you boil that back and look at you know security as the killer use case for the edge, like I'm, I'm interested in how you define that. I mean, we've sort of been talking around it, but I'd love right. to hear like the, the the big you know what does that look like? Right, right, right. Yeah. So we looked at a lot of use cases. Uh, you know, we we looked at as part of you know as or as part of our initial uh, discovery phase we, we looked at things like gaming we looked at things like voip acceleration uh, the reason why we settled on security is that a you know we know that this is still a huge unsolved problem um, cybersecurity is mm. getting worse the situation is getting worse and it's before it's going to get better um, uh, <laughs> sorry that's, that's pretty did very, you say matt it's very been... very very true matt did you say it was going to get better I, I, I'm no. not sure about that. <laughs> All right, it may never get better, but it is a growing problem. And it, it, it seems that, at least from my perspective, you've got these two things going on. One is you've got enterprises, you have their firewalls and their branches and these their locations, and they're using SD-WAN to kind of connect things together. On the other hand, you have applications that are now in the cloud, and you have things like web access firewalls and CDNs. And they both have, they're all, both kind of like their own perimeter, um, where you have the the applications that are surrounded by these WAFs, and then you have these uh, you have these on-prem facilities and remote workers and remote devices that are surrounded by their own kind of firewalls. And to me, you know, one of one of the evolutions that I see is that these two boundaries or perimeters can actually meet each other in the edge because it's kind of an in-between the on-prem and the cloud. It's kind of an ideal place actually to do security because that, that's where the real physical world meets the, the digital world, which is now very much, very much in the cloud. So it's an, kind of an ideal boundary point between those two worlds to insert some level of, of enforcement and visibility and, and monitoring that a lot of enterprises require. So I'm I'm curious because you you I'm, I'm trying to figure out if you slipped in a definition of edge um, that I that I need to untangle um, because because right because this is one we have I see this a lot and it's it's super confusing and I, I hate to define edge um, 
because it because of this thing. But when you said edge, it almost sounded like you were talking about like edge infrastructure out like not the first line edge infrastructure, but the telco edge with you know the telco edge or the near edge. Do you do you do that as a distinguishing factor? Or are you just like, ah, if it's if it's in a remote office, if it's in a house, it's edge. If it's in a telco data center at a pop, it's edge. Right? From a networking perspective, does that matter? It does. Yeah, I think it's important to distinguish. And so I think in in the device edge versus infrastructure edge, I'm definitely talking about the infrastructure edge. Okay. And to go a level deeper, I'm talking about the the telco service provider edge and the CDN edge. I, I kind of lump those two together. I'm not talking about, well, at least ORT is not addressing on-premise edge today. Interesting. Okay. It's it's interesting to me how how distinct those spaces are because we talk about, I talk to people who are doing like IoT and device mm -hmm. management, and that's right. very different than, it's not, hasn't become an IT ops problem that infrastructure edge is. Where yeah, we talk about Kubernetes and virtual right. machines and things like that. They're, they're still very disjoint spaces. Yeah, agreed. I, I think, you know, eventually we might get to a point where we're using some of the same tool sets. Um, but, you know, going forward, those are going to be distinct platforms. And whoever that, you, know, you are, you're, you're, you know, a software architect or, or somebody else will need to kind of consciously think about uh, the, the kind of the device edge or the on-prem edge versus the, the off-premise edge or the telco or the service provider edge. Couldn't, I mean, wouldn't that end up almost being, you know, a, a home gateway or an office gateway that you have like sort of, you know, your house is, and I, I still have trouble thinking in my house as a zone of trust, even though I, I treat it that way. Mm -hmm. um, because I have so many different vendors, devices, and, and only growing that each have their own, you know, I actually am wondering when we have to tighten down our, you know, our internal networks to protect our, you know, thermostats from our TVs, from our refrigerators, because right. of their different vendors and they're all trying to collect data. Right. Um, yeah, that's another pretty critical problem that other companies are trying to solve in um, in Edge right now, which is like, how do you go from the typical home gateway that you have today into something that supports network micro segmentation and, you know, making sure that your, your printer can't talk to your thermostat uh, or any, you know, other combination. Um, it's not a problem that you know we're we're addressing, but I know there are, there are other startups in that space. Um, one that comes to mind is Minim, um, which is trying to create a kind of a, a next generation a, a IoT capable smart home uh, router. Okay. Right, which is a whole nother. It's, it's it's a very different problem. So when when somebody says wakes up in the morning and says I want to buy buy some technology for more, what problem are they trying to solve usually? Yeah, so usually, uh, hopefully that person is an enterprise chief security officer or a network engineer, um, and they're trying to figure out, you know, one of, one of a few things. One might be, you know, how do I connect remote workers back to my infrastructure uh, securely and at scale? Uh, another one might be, how do I connect lots of remote locations? For example, like a bunch of gas stations, where today you need routers and firewalls that are PCI compliant and all these other things. You know, how can we connect those more easily back without needing to deploy a ton of hardware? And then third is like, how do we connect all these vendors together? One of the big problems right now, and you know, ever since the Target hack back in uh, back you know five years ago, uh, vendor access has been this huge problem. So we kind of see Ord as the thing that sits in between remote workers, remote locations, vendors, and the rest of the enterprise network. And so you know, whoever has those problems kind of top of their mind, 
that's what we've addressed. And the way that we address it is to say, we're doing this at the edge. So you don't need any hardware. Uh, what you all, all you need to do is tunnel your traffic into ORT and then configure how you want those devices to connect either out to the internet or back to your data center. And then we'll take care of implementing that for you across the many data centers that we have available to us at the edge. Interesting. So you are, you are effectively doing a, a network topology overlay and do they, and then the, the, the people's traffic ride through your pipes to go point A to point B? Yeah, yes, exactly. So the network overlay is kind of the, the most base layer, which is we need to get traffic into our network over a tunnel and we need to be able to route it between pops and locations. Uh, the real value add that we add on top of that is providing network security functions at the point of ingress. So as traffic is coming onto the network, we know uh, from a firewall perspective, from an intrusion detection perspective, from an anomaly detection perspective, how to look at that traffic. And then more importantly, how to monitor and make that visible to whatever the security team might be and needs to access that. So it's kind of a new place to implement network security that wasn't really possible before. Like, yes, some telcos offered the concept of like a managed cloud firewall, but this is really taking it into more of a as a service model where anybody can connect you're, anywhere. You're, you're, you're not, I mean, you're, you're not sounding like an application firewall, but you are, right? There's, there's, a, there's an element of these, what, what people have been calling, briefly calling east-west firewalls. Mm -hmm. And you're sounding like an east-west firewall, but you're not, you're not using the same nomenclature that, that those web application firewall people have been doing. Right. Yeah. And I mean, we're not really trying to protect web applications. We're, we're really trying to protect the enterprise network from anything outside of it. Um, and that, you know, the, the old idea of the perimeter and kind of a VPN getting you onto the network, we're trying to rev that into a, a kind of a next generation architecture where, yes, you still connect via a secure tunnel. But the first thing you hit is a is an edge location that's outside of the enterprise data center that can provide lots of these security functions in a chain to make sure that your traffic is secure before it hits the enterprise network. Interesting. Okay, so it's it's an additional routing routing layer from that perspective. It's well, it's a routing security. Um, it's a whole, there's a whole bunch of mesh. It's almost a, it's it's not a service mesh. Uh, you know, we you you keep pushing back on me rightly about you know sort of the web the web application piece. This is really much more of traditional network function. Correct. Just, just made into a, a smaller, more distributed package. Yeah, and I, we kind of consciously made this decision, which is, you know, when we initially came at this, we were trying to decide, okay, are we going to go and try to help existing cloud applications make their way to the edge and leverage the edge, which is really exciting, and we'd like to get there at some point? Or are we going to help things that are posted on-premise today be run as a service. And so we, we actually chose the latter consciously, which is, you know, can we take existing VPN concentrators, on-prem firewalls, uh, other remote access boxes, can we take all of this cruft that's still out there, all of these security appliances that security teams still need to deploy and remove them and replace them with a service that's edge hosted and is therefore just as performance and just as good as far as latency goes and just as you know, good, if not better, as far as cost goes, um, but without the need for physical hardware. 
you you were you were defining in in, in your the, your business model and application space edge in a, in a way that I have not heard before, and I think is is really interesting. In that it is it is a boundary outside of a premises where you have you know an enterprise or a branch or or a home or something like that. But before you sort of cross into, I'm air quoting cloud, right. you know, and the internet per se, you're you're actually taking advantage of the fact that there's there is this buffer layer, right. um, and edge lives edge is that you know I, I think it's actually the infrastructure edge is the buffer layer in your def, you know by your definition yeah it's, it's almost like a, a DMZ um, in in a way um, both both in the classical kind of security networking sense but also in you know just the sense that it's this kind of no man's land between us you know the users the devices the buildings and the internet when whatever that means, you know, cloud and applications and Facebook and all these other things. Um, it's, it, it sits in between there and it's a great place that's totally unleveraged today to do things like security and eventually do things like application acceleration. But starting with security, I think is, is, you know, where, where we begin. So Matt, this is, uh, this is Steven. And so, um, I am here to uh, stop the podcast, and now Rob will complain. <laughs> and oh, he didn't complain. He just, he just laid out the gem of the podcast. Even you Edge can't. is oh. no man's land. Well, we have a new a new title for the uh, podcast this week, which is which is uh, fantastic, Matt. It's a great a great quote. So, if people want to learn more about Org, reach out to you. Uh, what should they do? to get a better understanding of what you're up to and uh, engage with your company when it, you know, kind of, I don't want to say it's still in pseudo stealth, but let's say pseudo stealth when it comes out. Yes. Uh, so two ways. One is uh, the website. If you want a kind of a nebulous, nebulous understanding of what we do, uh, orts.io, O-O-R-T.io. And then uh, the other would be, you know, just reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm happy to talk um, and happy to tell you more about Ort. Great. Well, Rob and Matt, thanks again. Another great podcast. And uh, Rob, I really like when we get uh, edge startups doing different things and get different perspectives. Thank you, Matt. Thanks, Rob. Yeah, thanks Matt, this is fantastic. I, pre I appreciate you uh, chatting with us today.